Welcome to the CMB Fantasy Football League Podcast. Welcome back into another edition of the CMB Fantasy Football League Podcast. It is Thursday, October 31st, Halloween, episode 126. I am your host, Jordan Pace. Join with me, as always, by Zach Henson. Zach, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. What, uh, what was Winnie Kate dressing up as for, for this year's Halloween? Uh, she's got a variety of costumes. I think she left this morning as uh, like a Minnie Mouse uh, witch outfit. And she was a ballerina the other day. I'm not sure what she'll be tonight. So a variety of costumes. Oh yeah, she's got she's got many. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I I mean I obviously didn't grow up wearing lots of Halloween costumes, and I don't think my sister really did that. Emily wasn't like the princess type. Yeah. For most of my friends who have kids, Winnie Kate's age, if they're into the princess thing, it's like it's never ending. From what I hear. Yeah. Let, let's break this down real quick. Your top three Halloween candies. Go. Oh man, put me on the spot. On, on the, you want me to go first? I'll go first. Please. Okay. Reese's peanut butter cups. Uh, then the Reese's big cups, and then I'll just take a <laughs> Reese's Blizzard with extra oh. candy. But they're not handing that out of houses. You, you <laughs> okay. To- all right. Okay. Reese's yeah. number one. Yeah. Uh, number two, Snickers, and then number three, I'm going to go with peanut M and M's. Man, I you know you took all the Reese's. I love Reese's. Reese's, oh, yeah. it's got to be number one. Oh, for sure. And unfortunately, I married a woman who I think I've told you this before, Zach. Brandy, like the one food she does not like is peanut butter. Ooh. I thought about leaving her. Yeah. Yeah. So I even I even included it in my vows the fact that she didn't like peanut butter. So yeah, yeah. It's a no go on on Reese's for her. But um, I don't know. I, I had this house. I don't know if you had this this way as a kid. I mean, I know uh, you lived in like two different neighborhoods growing up. And the yeah. second, the second one, like where your parents live now, there probably wasn't a whole lot of trick or treating, right? Right. Yeah. But like in my neighborhood where my parents live, there's a ton of houses, and there was one house every year that handed out king size candy bars. Oh, that's a place. That yeah. was the place to go, and I would always get like a king size Snickers or like you know most Reese's come in two of the big cups. Well, the king size comes with four. So oh, that, man, that was the place to go. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about Halloween costumes. What were your What were some of your favorites that you dressed up as as a kid? Um, I don't remember. I remember Greg and I um, back in college dressed up as the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one year, and we pretty much rocked it. Uh, yeah, I, I remember that. Yeah, that I felt pretty good about that. Um, before then, I really don't remember too much. Um, but yeah, what about you? I, it's funny, like I always had weird costumes. Now that I look back in hindsight, I never did like a traditional thing, I feel like. I mean, maybe when I was a baby, but like even for when I was in high school and middle school, I dressed up as when I was eight years old. It was, I guess I would have been in second grade, and it was Javon Curse's rookie year. And I guess I was really in on on the freak, and I dressed up as Javon Curse in like a jersey. And my dad took an old Kansas City Chiefs helmet that he used to have, and he spray painted it white and put the Titans logo on it. It was really like half done, but it was kind of funny in hindsight knowing that I dressed up as Javon Curse. And I would I uh, did not paint my face or arms any uh, dark shade of color. I'll just say so I would not have gotten in trouble for uh, doing blackface. So. Oh, wow. I, in hindsight, I'm glad we didn't do that. I also dressed up, it's funny, in fourth grade, and I think I decided now that all of my costumes I dressed up as a kid were in correlation with if I had to do like a book report in school. So I did the Javon Curse thing because I read a book about Javon Curse, 
And then I did in fourth grade, I read a book about Richard Nixon, I guess, for school and did a book report. So my parents dressed me up as Richard Nixon and they bought a, like a creepy Nixon mask. And so like later when I was old enough to watch the movie, I went and watched Point Break and I recognized the mask. Did you ever see that movie, Zach? I did not. Where they dress up as presidents and they rob the banks. Yeah. And they, Richard or Patrick Swayze wore the Richard Nixon mask that I wore for Halloween in fourth grade. It was the same mask. So uh, it was kind of funny. What is, uh, what's TP dressing up as this year? This year, he's probably dressing up as a guy in his underwear watching the Preds game tonight. <laughs> yeah, I think he, he used to be the one that handed out all the candy in the last probably five, six years. That's become my sister's job. So dad just kind of like at any given point, you go to my parents' house. He's, he's uh, living the Ryan Risher bachelor style. <laughs> underwear, eating chicken wings, watching TV. <laughs> That's a lot. Yep. So anyway, this is the Halloween episode. I don't know if we'll do like a trick or treat segment. We might find a way to plug it in there, but uh, happy Halloween to everyone out there. We will move on and we will talk about our week eight recap from last week and do a trip around CMB. Let's take a trip around the league. Zach, do you have our all pro team ready from last week? I do. Our all pro team uh, for week eight, the number one quarterback. Do you know? I do know, but I don't want to spoil it because I no, want you to have this moment. I mean, I was shocked. I was shocked. I, really I was not. I, I didn't even know. It was Daniel Jones with Danny IDP. Dimes. Did they start him? No, so they didn't uh, start they didn't start Danny Dimes because they have Tom Brady. So I, I can't fault them there. Yeah. Uh so Daniel Jones, yeah, thirty five point forty points for uh IDPs and then uh, your top wide receivers Mike Evans 42.80 for Greg Cooper Cup 35 points for IDPs Aaron Jones was your top running back 41.60 for strong side Tevin Coleman for East Coast Wombats 37.80 points your top tight end is still a free agent I believe Ryan Griffin with the Jets and should remain a, he should remain a free agent he should okay 25.85 points out of nowhere your top flex was uh, Latavius Murray, 36.70. Your top kicker, Dan Bailey, strong side, 16 points. And your top DST, New England, East Coast, Wombats, 24 points. All right. Uh, top D IDPs, Nick Bosa, 22.50. was a free agent. We picked him up. Uh, Logan Ryan Pace, congratulations, 22 points. Did you start him? Of course. All right. And then Jamie Collins, 21.25 with uh, Big Orange Bullies. Marquise Blair for Tecmo, 15.75, and Eric Reed, 15.50 for H&F Industries, bringing your total to 395.15. So it's actually, it's down 20 points from last week. So I would say around 390 area, 395, it's, it's pretty average yeah. uh, each yeah. week. Uh, you mentioned Daniel Jones. So yes, IDPs did not start Danny Dimes, and I don't, I don't think they're going to start him anytime soon unless Brady's on by, but... Uh, it was the lowest quarterback total for an all-pro team quarterback all season, the 35.40 for Danny Dimes. And most of his yardage and his fourth touchdown kind of came in garbage time. But, hey, that's that's relevant for fantasy, and that's all that matters during garbage time. Yeah, I was just – I was shocked to see his name up there. I, I didn't really uh, watch too much football this weekend. So, when I saw that, I was blown away. But, uh, like, yeah. Like you said, the top receiver was Mike Evans. I think this might be his second or third week as the number one or number two receiver. The other receiver in Tampa Bay, Chris Godwin, has been on the list. 
three or four weeks. So, yeah. I mean, Mike Evans, that was the most dominant wide receiver performance in Nissan Stadium. Has to be in years. I mean, no Titans receivers played that well in that building the last couple of years, and I can't remember a road performance that well. I mean, he just went off. Uh, and right now, Mike Evans is the wide receiver six in CMB right now. Wow. And his counterpart, like I mentioned, Chris Godwin, he's still the wide receiver three after putting up just 11.55 points in week eight for Ryan Risher. Wow. I mean, he's still the number three receiver. He yeah. just had these huge weeks. Zach, who do you think is the wide receiver one in CMB through eight weeks? Um, uh, I'm going to go. Cooper Cup. It is Michael Thomas ah. of the New Orleans Saints, and it's not even close. He is 183.60 points on the year, 15 points higher than the wide receiver two, which you just said, Cooper Cup. Mm. So Cup has had an insane year. I mean, so he, he finished with 35 points in week eight, like you mentioned. 13 and a half of his points came on that triple reverse flea, fl flea flicker. That's hard to say. Yes. Yeah. The triple reverse flea flicker for a 65-yard touchdown. So that was the big play in the first half. By halftime of that game, Cup had already had 27.50 points for IDP still suck. Man. He is the wide receiver two in our league. But do you know where he was drafted by IDPs? Hmm. Fourth round. He, he Yes, he was the 11th pick of the fourth round. 24 wide receivers were drafted ahead of Cooper Cup, your number two receiver in our league. Those receivers include Antonio Brown, Calvin Ridley, Pup's own teammates, Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods, Jarvis Landry, Sammy Watkins, and DJ Moore, all of which, all those names I just mentioned, are not even in the top 17 of receivers in CMB. Wow, what a pick. Incredible value for Cup. Yep. Uh, Aaron Jones, the top running back this week that you mentioned, 41.60 points. Another huge week moves Aaron Jones. He is now the number three running back in CMB. So, again, not bad for Strongside, who they waited on Aaron Jones and took him as the 14th overall running back and got to take him after busts like Damian Williams, Joe Mixon, and Carrion Johnson, all of which aren't even in the top 30 of running backs in CMB. So, great so value. that second round they got him? Uh, it was, I believe it was the beginning of the third round. They, they had the number one picks. Oh, yeah, they had the book, the book in. Yeah. yeah, they had Saquon, and I think they went with uh, a receiver at the end of the, the second. But – uh, just, yeah, insane value for, for Aaron Jones. Uh, Tevin Coleman of ECW, 37.80 points. It was his best week all season by far. Before week eight, Tevin Coleman had 7.6 um, in week one. He was out in weeks two and three with injury. And then he had 15.7, 14.1, and then 8.1 weeks. So biggest week by far in, in week eight. I mean, the San Francisco backfield, Zach, it's a little hard to predict right now with the committee of Tevin Coleman, Matt Breida, Raheem Mostert. And Jeff Wilson, all four have had value, but it's kind of slowly becoming one of the most fun committees to watch. Uh, I, I noticed Ross and Reed, they moved Tevin Coleman into their lineup this week in week nine. And it's the first time that he's come off their bench since week one. Yeah, after he puts up those points, I guess that got their attention. Yeah, and I think they have a guy on by as well, but man, Coleman, that, that's someone that we might have thought was a bus candidate, you know, after a couple of weeks. Oh, but yeah, definitely. Turning things around. You mentioned Ryan Griffin. Uh, Ryan Griffin, I still cannot get – like when I see his picture, his avatar in fantasy, and when I see stuff about him, just the memory or the story about him getting really you know, drunk in Nashville during the NFL draft and punching a hole through that window at that hotel in downtown Nashville. That's like – I hate it, but that's what I'll always associate Ryan Griffin with. I never heard that story, so that's interesting. He got cut by the, the Texans like a day after that happened. 
Wow. Yeah. So Ryan Griffin, though, serious question, Zach. Is this the first New York Jets player to make the All-Pro team this season? I can't think of another performance. Maybe, uh, yeah. maybe I mean, Lev Bell. Maybe, or if Robbie Anderson caught a long touchdown or something. But, yeah, not many Jets. Like I said, I would not expect this production to last. Chris Herndon, the number one tight end with the Jets, he should return to the lineup this week. So Ryan Griffin probably shouldn't be rostered. Right. All right, and then Latavius Murray as a flex spot. Zach, Murray has been the best possible handcuff mm -hmm. you and Brian could have possibly asked for. Oh, yeah, we, um, we definitely appreciate it. Uh, is the trade from Jake. Uh, we, we left him a five-star review on Google for the trade so thank you what did you guys uh give up if in that trade i can't remember uh kenny galladay so right we took on smith schuster and latavius for kenny galladay so right and i mean at the time you don't you can't predict injuries you know like that but you always want to have your handcuff and i felt like it was necessary with uh camara to have that so we did so Latavius Murray's last three weeks with Kamara down, like you mentioned, with injury, Murray has put up 10.9, 32, and 36.7 point weeks. So just in time for Kamara to come back, he's returning probably after the Saints bye week this week. So not bad for, for a handcuff. Yeah, no, definitely not. It's been great. We uh, definitely needed him. We sort of brushed over the, the uh, New England defense special teams for ECW. I mean, they're the number one DST again this week. Surprise, surprise. Uh, they have yet to total fewer than 14 points all season, which is what they finished with in week one. So I, I'm not even going to get into mentioning all the offensive players that the New England DST has more points than. It's just kind of it's kind of boring at this point. Yeah. But things are finally interesting this week, Zach, because they finally play a decent offense, an offensive note in the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, as someone who owns Lamar Jackson as your QB one, are you are you nervous at all this week? Yeah, I am definitely nervous. Um... I hopefully they get uh, Hollywood Brown back, you know, but I mean, I don't have my hopes up for Lamar and I don't have my hopes up for our team this week at all going up against strong side, but we'll get into that later. Yeah. Hey, save it for the picks of the week. All right. Then the next one here, Nick Bosa, I, this is, I'll talk about him a little bit. So on the, uh, he's on the number two DST right now in San Francisco, Nick Bosa is, and he's putting up rookie of the year or defensive rookie of the year type numbers. Uh, he's got seven sacks so far, lots of pressures. And what's got to be even sweeter for you as H&F, Zach, is that Kemp's crew picked up Nick Bosa and dropped him after just three days. So the one week that Jake rostered and started Nick Bosa, he had 0 0.75 points, followed by 14.75 and 22.50 point weeks. So, uh, wait, pretty so wait, when did he roster him? He had him for one week for three days. It was like the 13th through the 16th of this month. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't played, even know that. Played him one week and then cut him, and then he oh, had man. these monster weeks the last two weeks. Yeah. Got to feel good. Yeah, we enjoy that. All right, and then the top, like you mentioned here, with Logan Ryan, the top DB, I'll talk about a, a little bit, even though he's on my team. I picked him up for free after he put up 22 points in week one against the Browns, and he is your DB1 in CMB by 15 points through eight weeks. Wow. So I'm pretty, pretty pleased. Yeah. yeah, you gotta be. That's impressive. How many Titans have we talked about as being the number one at their position in fantasy like, yeah. ever? <laughs> Not many. <laughs> all right. So that was your all pro team, Zach. Let's look on and or move on and talk about the standings a little bit and how the all pro team affected that. Uh, so the standings haven't really shifted that much. ECW though, pulled away this week 
pulled away from the pack. They beat the number two team. IDP still suck in week eight. They are now left alone at seven and one with four teams, IDPs, Tecmo Power Runners, H&F Industries, and Kemp's crew all tied at six and two. Zach, it's the richer getting richer with, with ECW. I mean, they're just as strong as ever. Oh, yeah. I mean, the the New England DSC has just been so amazing this year. It's such a good pick for them, and and uh, they're, they're just a force to be reckoned with. I mean, that's an easy 20-plus points each week. ECW has the most points for with uh, 1,535.30 points. 67.70 points, they are higher than the second-place team or the team with the second-most points for. Who do you think that is, Zach? No clue. It is Strongside, who is currently in seventh place. Uh-huh. And yep. they yep. have had some brutal matchups. And even though they have the second-most points uh, for, they also have the second-most points against. And that, that kind of explains why they're in seventh place. Oh, yeah. Like I said, um, I think they're one of the top teams in the league and uh, not looking forward to facing them this week. Yeah, and Zach, that's two weeks in a row you've made these comments, and I feel like it is required, it is necessary that we say this because Matt produces our episode, our podcast. So yeah. it's almost like a quota each week. We have to say something nice about strong side. <laughs> that's right. All right. And then, uh, so Greg Co is alone at five and three. Greg's in sixth place. And then there are three teams tied at three and five, making up eighth through 10th place. Big Orange Bullies, your worst nightmare, and the Almond Brothers. That's sort of the playoff picture right now. The teams at two and six are Isaiah 4031, uh, me, Pace in Your Face, Dragon Energy, and West Coast. And, you know, I, I'm not going to speak on my team. There's no point. Of those four teams, maybe one or two of those teams at two and six could turn things around and maybe make the eighth place spot. Uh, but the teams at three and five and two and six, it's, it's kind of just been brutal for them this season. Yeah, uh, desperately, some of those teams need to get just one win to get out of ice bucket contention. So, um, But, hey, you never know. All right, Zach, let's look now at the Pick'em Challenge, which, you know, in the same way that ECW has pulled away from the pack, Jeff seems to have pulled away as well. Jeff is sitting at 36 total points, five points higher than the next place team, which is Greg Co. So Greg, I think, has moved up. He had a six-in-one week in picks. So Greg is now tied for second place with three other teams, Jay Myrick, uh, Jake Stanifer, and Matt Sugg slash John Nichols. So um, that group seems to have kind of pulled away. And the teams, you know, everyone should still make picks because you never know what could happen. But, uh, man, Jeff, just week after week, strong picks. Yeah, and uh, I, I was talking to Matt, and he told me this. I don't know if I believe this. But he said uh, that he made the picks this week and that John was unable to. And they went two and five. They were the nice. only team with a losing record. Well, well, no, there's a couple of us. But no, no one as bad as two and five. Which begs, to, I mean, like, do we really think that John's actually making picks? Wait, so the week that you said that, that Matt made the picks, they went two and five? Which is this week, this past week. Matt yeah, made the picks. But Matt said that John has been making the picks in previous weeks. Yeah. Maybe. I just don't I don't know if I believe him if John's even doing anything. Yeah, I mean, maybe he was making the picks in the previous weeks and Matt was I don't know. I mean, the, the, their team has been strong. They just they've had bad matchups. Like if they played if they played their second half schedule in the first half, they'd be in second place right now. Yeah, but in and league pick them here, two and five. I don't yeah. Know tell you. Gotta turn it around. Zach, when we look at our picks from last week, I 
I mean, just taking L's in every possible way in this league this year. I almost don't even want to talk about fantasy anymore. I might start hosting like a knitting podcast or something because this is just it's it's depressing to talk about fantasy football for me when I think about my team. But also in the picks last week, brutal. I, I picked your worst nightmare as my lock against Greg. Apologies to Greg because Greg got the W, so uh, I took an L there. And then my bullet prediction was that Tyler Lockett for Kevin would have two touchdowns. Uh, he had 100 receiving yards, but no touchdowns. And he finished as the number 57 overall player in CMB in week eight. So I, I got two L's there. Zach, you could not have had a better week in terms of the picks and bold predictions. You picked Isaiah 4031 as your lock of the week and took a big W there. And then your bold prediction, and I almost feel like something was rigged. You talked to the Titans tight end coach or something. Yeah, Zach, you said Johnny Smith would have 80 receiving yards and one touchdown. He had his touchdown on his first on, – on the Titans, I think it was their first offensive play of the game. And then he had 78 receiving yards on the day you were two away. I should have gone and bought a lotto ticket. That's insane. Yeah. I don't know how you get any closer than that without Thank actually, you. you know – it's just insane. Should I just stop here with bold predictions? No, you got you got to keep this. You okay. got to ride the wave. Keep it going. Okay. All right. All right. With that in mind, Zach, before we uh, you know get into the picks of the week, let's talk a little bit of week nine and preview some stuff ahead uh, as we look forward to week nine and these matchups. Zach, when you look at the fab recap, let's talk about our show me the money segment. Zach, we talked about Nick Bosa being the uh, one of the best defensive rookies of the year so far, especially on the defensive side. He, he was our IDP of the week. I think he had 22.5 points. And Nick Bosa, you guys actually picked him up this week. So he was a free agent for that big week last week, and then you and Brian pick him up for $18. The next highest bid was Tecmo with five and Kemp's crew with three. So, Zach, like, I, I, I know you are a big proponent of, you know, if you want the guy, go get him. What did you think when you saw that you guys overbid by, like, 13 bucks? Uh, we just decided to throw our fab at it and be done with fab. So, uh, we are at zero. And, um, yeah, we just decided to go all in. And it kind of makes sense. So, the three teams that bid on Nick Bosa, H&F, Tecmo, and Kemp's crew – uh, both those, all three of those teams are in third, fourth, and fifth place. So it's, uh, you know, there's kind of a common thread. The three of the teams at six and two are going after the same player. So you guys kind of have, are like-minded there, it seems. Yeah, we just thought we'd give it a shot and, and see how it goes tonight. I hope he uh, sacks Kyler Murray uh, three more times. That'd be great. It really, I, I hope that doesn't happen, being the right. Kyler Murray owner. Right, yeah. It really is, is, is kind of a dead week for Fab, according to this. I mean, really, like you guys blew all your remaining budget on Nick Bosa, and that was the only real Fab move of the week. Uh, there, there were no notable non-compete Fab players either. So for week nine, no one added of, of any note. Uh, I, I picked up the, the Browns defense for $3 and no one else bid, but that was pretty much it. Um, so there were only nine free agent additions um, at $0 in our league this week, which is kind of low. I feel like there's at least 15 to 20 moves heading into every week. Yeah, we, we, uh, we just knew it was going to be a boring week on Fab, so we thought we'd spice up this segment a little bit by throwing the rest of our money at him. So. Yeah, I appreciate that. You guys are very sacrificial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Zach, two trades in our league this past week. The first one, this oh, one happened. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. When did this, this trade happened, I think, Monday – uh, or maybe it was Sunday. Kemp's crew trades Chase Edmonds. No, no, this happened before Pat this past week. 
Kim's crew trades Chase Edmonds, the running back in uh, Arizona, to the Allman Brothers for Cortland Sutton. And, Zach, I know you have some thoughts on this trade. Uh, obviously, Jake, no clue Chase Edmonds would be injured on, like, the third play of the game for the Cardinals. Uh, and then Cortland Sutton, who is now the wide receiver one in uh, Denver, but that doesn't really mean a whole lot being the wide receiver one in a non-passing offense. What are your What are your thoughts on this trade, Zach? Well, I, uh, we do we we should say that we have a a thread um, with me and Pace and uh, Jake, which uh, I feel like we should throw that out to Facebook. I feel like the the league is missing out on some of these. But uh, anyways, basically, I've changed Jake's name in my contacts on my phone to. Jake, sell high, Standifer. Um, great sell high trade for Jake after Chase Edmonds had a career game for at the time was the wide receiver 12 in our league. So uh, that's about all you got to say about that one. Jake runs away as a winner on this one. Yeah, I, I don't really understand the move for uh, the Allman brothers. I think they needed a, a running back just for last week. Because now I, I don't I mean Edmonds goes to the bench obviously because he's already been ruled out for this week. But I mean Miles Sanders and Nick Chubb, not a bad one-two punch for them. They could probably improve with Miles Sanders, but Edmonds wasn't going to be that improvement for them oh, over he, over Sanders. Edmonds was terrible before the injury. I mean he rushed like seven times for six yards before he got hurt in the third quarter. Um, let's I mean the Almond Brothers are not leaving a five-star review on Google. Uh, for Jake on this trade well I mean Evans so the week before he had a uh, Tevin Coleman type week I mean literally three touchdowns 126 yards on 27 carries in week seven and that's when Jake you know sold high which I mean anyone else would do the same but before that he had 17 points and 14 point weeks the weeks before and really Edmonds value is solely in the fact that David Johnson is down and no one really knows how long he's going to be out I just thought you know the Allman brothers had a sure thing in in Cortland Sutton, I don't, I don't understand the move. The Listen, decision this is on. sweet for you to try to cover here for uh, your co-manager, but <laughs> let's be real here. Chase Edmonds for Cortland Sutton. Now it would it would have made sense if uh, Allman Brothers had David Johnson. Then I would have been like, ah, right, you know, whatever. They don't even have David Johnson, so sell high, Stanifer. Here's the thing, man. In, in trades like this, you can't really fault. Uh, a seller a lot of times with stuff like this and I'm not covering for anyone I'm just saying oh my like gosh collusion just join up just join there's up. there's there's no faulting here it's just oh like my gosh if you're gonna make a trade like that find some more value if you're the buyer so the other trade this week uh I don't this one to me was just made total sense strong side trades Alexander Madison to Tecmo Power Runners for Robbie Anderson I mean Zach it's almost like Tecmo listened to you last week and you said if you don't have your handcuff go for him and they trade for Alexander Madison what'd you make of that move yeah they needed to make this move um you got to have your handcuffs at this point and um so yeah good move I mean speaking of sell high or buy high I saw I've read a bunch of articles this week on players you should buy high and sell high on and Robbie they said any player on the New York Jets buy high on so that might have been what Strongside was thinking about getting rid of, of Madison. But I know in talking with Matt, they've been trying to deal, I think, Madison to Strong to Tecmo for a few weeks now. Because if, if you have the handcuff, you're trying to trade him to a team that has the starter. Uh, so I, it just made a lot of sense. Yep. All right, Zach, those were our trades. Really slow week for transactions in CMB. 
Uh, maybe we'll see something. I think the trade deadline is November 9th, right? It is. Yep. So we, we have about a week and a half for you all to make trades. I want to see some movement on my own team, but also on other teams because it gives us a lot to talk about here. Probably going to be a snooze fest like uh, the NFL trade deadline. That was pretty boring. Well, the worst part about that was NFL Network and ESPN both were like, you know, it's coming, it's coming. And they were trying to tease this big event that didn't even happen. Yeah. And, I, you know, they got their viewership, but man, yeah. brutal. That was brutal. All right, Zach, let's move on our last segment here and let's do our week nine picks of the week. Picks of the week. Zach, I'm trying to think of a way to incorporate Halloween and these picks of the week. So we could call them the tricks of the week. Or you could do like a trick or treat type thing. I don't know if you have any ideas or thoughts on that. Yeah, we can do the trick or treat thing. That's fun. All right. This first matchup here, Zach, this is Dragon Energy, your 13th place team up against Kemp's crew in fifth. Zach, Kemp's crew, we've talked about in the past how just really soft matchups for Jake week after week. And I think it finally caught up to him last week. He took an L in week eight. I think he'd won like three or four straight. So that was his first loss in a while. When you look at Jake's points, against it is looking here right now i'm trying to do a, a quick look it's the second lowest in the entire league and he gets another team in dragon energy that has had i think looking at this real quick again uh rish has the third lowest points for so another i'm not going to say easy but another soft matchup for jake who do you pick in this one zach oh i'm going with kemp's crew on this one for sure yeah it's hard to pick i mean it's not hard to pick. It's hard to pick Rish, I should say, because he's starting Rashad Penny, who has had little to no value at all in Seattle. I think Rish was hoping Penny would get traded at the deadline. It just didn't happen. I mean, he's had one week of a little bit of production. In week two, he had 14.65 points. But Penny, since then, 0, 0, 6.9, 0, 0, 5.5. Brutal. Um, so, yeah, you got to go with Jake here. Yes, definitely. All right. I was going to say trick or treat, but it seems like – the treat is Kemp's crew in the matchup this week. That's his yeah, treat. Definitely. All right. Next up, this is ECW in first place versus Isaiah 4031. Zach, you picked Jordan as your uh, pick or your lock of the week last week. Are you doing that again this week? Um, no. They East Coast is going to win this one. Yeah, I completely agree. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's just it's like a softball, you know, just, uh, yeah, they're going to win. It's tough for Jordan because Jordan started like three weeks in a row. He started Devontae Parker, who not as bad as you'd think. He's 11.8, 16.5, 11.9 point weeks, but nothing great. I mean, he's got him at his flex spot, but Jordan is the owner of James Conner, who has had monster weeks the last two weeks, but has been injured. So no one really knows if, Jordan, if James Conner will play this week for Jordan. He's got a shoulder injury that sidelined him from Wednesday's practice. I think that James Conner doesn't suit up. And Jalen Samuels, Jordan does have the handcuff, but Samuels is injured too. So it's just too shaky right now in Pittsburgh. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you, you would hope that maybe Vance McDonald can break through uh, with, with Andy giving up a lot of points to tight ends, but there's not much there. Yeah. And a surprising start for uh, ECW is Michael Gallup in their flex spot, but it, it shouldn't be too much of a shock considering uh, Michael Thomas, the number one receiver in CMB for them is on by. So you know, if they can get any value out of out of Michael Gallup, then, you know, ECW could be in for another huge week. So I'm picking them as well. Okay. 
back to the next matchup here. This is Greg Co in sixth place versus IDP still suck your second place team. I sat with Jay and Jacob at the Titans game uh, against the Bucks this past week, and they were kind of I was I was watching them watch their matchup with ECW, and just like the the kind of the conversation I was hearing between the two of them talk about you know pretty much it's over it's over I, I got to see it in in real time it was kind of cool <laughs> uh so i this week though man it's tough for for greg looking at, at this um you know matchup he has this week I'm, I'm gonna go with idp still suck and i'm gonna make them my lock of the week and that's the bottom line because stone cold sucks uh i know i locked up the team that greg played last week i locked them up but I'll say this, if I lose this one again, if I lock up a team that Greg's playing and Greg wins, I will lock up Greg the following week. But I'm going to lock up IDPs only because Greg is starting Matt Breed at running back, who Breed has been really tough to trust, especially now with Coleman having that boom week last week. And he has Sony Michelle, who is in another San Francisco kind of running back committee. And so I, it's just hard to pick Greg this week, who just, you know, he's got some guys on by in the Ty Johnson situation. So I'm going to go with IDPs as my lock of the week. Well, I'm going to go with Greg as my lock of the week. That's the bottom line. Just because you went with, with them. So I just thought it'd make it interesting. <laughs> yeah. And also you mentioned earlier, the, the teenage mutant Ninja turtles, the turtles. Stick yeah. Yeah. We, we got to go with that. But uh, yeah. So I think it'll be interesting to see what Brita does. If he can play tonight um, with, with the backfield and just seeing how that whole running back situation Shakes out, but um, yeah, I'm gonna go with Greg. Zach, which which turtle did you and Greg dress up as? Um, I was Michelangelo, and he was, I think, Raphael. Sounds about right. All right, next matchup here. This is Tecmo Power Runners, your third place team versus the West Coast Wombats in 14th. Zach, no one's allowed to lock up this one. It's Tecmo Power Runners for me, and I just man. So we we talked about the the running back situation for Tecmo about how it's not been that strong. But David Montgomery, after having just awful weeks, week after week in this league, finally puts up a big week. He had his biggest week of the season, 24.70 points, 27 carries for Montgomery. I don't know if it'll, if it'll repeat this week when the Bears play the Eagles, but I just there's no way I'm picking against Tecmo this week. Got to lock them up. Yeah. Um, you know what? Bold prediction. Are you ready? Oh, boy. West Coast Wombats are going to beat Tecmo. <laughs> so I say you're not allowed to lock Tecmo up, so you went the opposite route. <laughs> the bold prediction. Is that your bold prediction or is that your lock of the week? My bold prediction. I'm okay. not watching it. All right. That is bold. Yeah. I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah. All right, next matchup here. This is the Almond Brothers in 10th place versus your worst nightmare in 9th place. I put Kevin as my bold prediction and lock of the week last week. Not doing that again. I like Kevin's team, and I'm going to pick Kevin to win this week. But my bold prediction, Zach, you said Johnny Smith last week. You were like a Johnny Smith prophet, one touchdown, 80 yards. I'm going to say Johnny has two touchdowns this week against Carolina. That is my bold prediction. I like it. I'm going with the Almond Brothers here. They need to uh, change their kicker. Um, but yeah, I'm going with the Almond Brothers. What's wrong with their kicker? Any on a bye? Oh, yeah. Zerline. Greg the leg. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I thought I was looking at the wrong week this entire time when you said that. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you're good. All right. Next matchup here, Zach. This is my matchup. Pace in your face. I'm in 12th place. It's just, I, you know, this season could not go any worse for me unless I were in last. And Big Orange Bullies, Chase and Carver in eighth place. 
I mean, I always pick myself, so I'm going to continue to do that, but I, I don't really have any confidence. Zach, where do you lie on this one? Face, I'm going to pick you this week. Please don't. Yeah, I, I just changed it. I had big orange bullies, but I'm going with you. Um, so there you go. Any, any reason? What Can I have any optimism at all? Is there anybody on my lineup that you like? Um, Kittle, but it's a Thursday night game, so, you know, who knows about that. Um, gosh, you got Kyler Murray. He's going to get sacked three or four times tonight, though. I'm, I'm going back to Big Orange Bully. Sorry about that. I'm going back. Wow. All right. <laughs> just You just pulled it back, like, last second. That was <laughs> yeah. awful. All right. Uh, no more complaining, Matt. Zach, uh, I'm the new person that gets to complain on this podcast. <laughs> All right, speaking of which, the last matchup here, this is H&F Industries. This, we'll call this the matchup of the week. H&F Industries in fourth place. So co-host, co-host versus the producer <laughs> against Strongside, Matt and John. Uh, Strongside's a heavy favorite this week, and I, yeah. I kind of like it. I'm going to pick Strongside too. They're, yeah. they're a heavy favorite, and I'm going to pick them. I still, Christian Kirk as a starting receiver, it's tough. I know he had 17.80 points last week, but man, you got to find some better value at receiver. Uh, Mari Cooper has been, you know, whatever. He's coming off a bye, so he could have a monster week. But, man, you, you couldn't – like, as strong as ECW's receiver group is, strong side's running back group is. They have Aaron Jones, Saquon Barkley, and Marlon Mack. I mean, what a trio. Yeah, and that, that replay of Saquon, I know I sent it to you, but, uh, man, that was impressive. He's just – he's uh, – it was even more impressive in slow motion when he throws that one guy down, but – yeah, the running backs are good. Their whole team's good. Uh, I think they're one of the top three teams. I'm talking about their team. They're going to win. Zach, were you wishing, were you like a lot of people who was wishing Melvin Gordon would have been dealt on the trade deadline? Um, I mean, yeah, you kind of you kind of wish that, but you don't know where he would go, you know, so it's kind of, you, you're kind of worried about it. So, I mean, obviously, it hadn't been good for either of us with uh, Gordon or uh, Eckler, you know. So, um, but I don't know. I was I was kind of indifferent with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Eckler, even with Gordon still playing, obviously he's losing touches, but he's still putting up big weeks because he he catches the ball like a receiver. But man, yeah, I I wanted Gordon to be shipped out of town. I think that would have helped both of us out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, just just a rough play for Gordon, and then uh, Mark Walton, the, the Miami running back. Is that like the like? Who do you have on buy? Uh, we oh, have yeah. everybody on buy. Yep. So yeah, Mark Walton's in there, and Didi's questionable. So we got Conley. You know, in case that happens, maybe Antonio Brown would come back this week. That'd be cool. But um, that's all we got. All right, that was our uh, episode one twenty six. We did our week eight review, week nine preview. Talked about our picks of the week, some locks and bull predictions. Matt, maybe play some Monster Mash or some kind of Halloween music as we exit here. But, guys, happy Halloween. Zach, best of luck tonight with the trick-or-treating. See you guys later.